This is 89.1 WEMU, and welcome to this week's edition of Washtenaw United. Each week, we partner with the United Way of Washtenaw County to explore issues of equity and opportunity and how to go about creating the equity that will one day bring us to true equality. I'm David Fair, and this time around, we want to look at how to take a neighborhood approach to achieve those broad goals, even when the issues sometimes seem insurmountable. Our guest today is Derek Miller, and he is the executive director of Community Action Network. And Derek, in sports, they say you are what your record is. Washtenaw County ranks as eighth most income segregated in the country. It is 81st of 83, and Michigan County is on that issue. From your vantage point, how has the pandemic impacted the disparities we see in Washtenaw County? So it certainly put a huge spotlight on what a lot of us in the nonprofit community have already known, um, which is that there is massive inequity issues in our communities. And when you experience things um, like a pandemic, it it really exacerbates the the limited support network um, that we already have in place. And it really just highlights how vulnerable families ultimately are. And so it is fortunate to see that there has been some steady influx of resources to help um, address some of those those challenges, uh, particularly like the American Recovery uh, Plan that is starting to, to reach our area as we speak. Uh, but again, it's still, it's far from what we really need to be more robustly tackling a lot of the, the challenges families face day to day. Has the public health crisis changed how Community Action Network goes about its work and what it has to offer? Yes. So like many organizations, uh, we've certainly had to adapt a lot. So for example, uh, we're one of the biggest food distributors in partnership with food gatherers in Washtenaw County. And literally overnight, uh, when the initial shutdown uh, took place, our food programs doubled immediately. And they ended up peaking in July of 2020, uh, but really we're still operating at about twice the capacity uh, for those particular programs. And frankly, that's also just very difficult to sustain. Uh, We also did a lot of adjustments with our education programs, our after-school programs, our educational summer camps, um, a lot of hybrid, some aspects of virtual, a lot of actually reframing our curriculum. So we designed a lot of our content so that it could be uh, used in the home environment as opposed to at our community centers. Um, But the other thing that that the pandemic did, um, because of our neighborhood-based approach, it really highlighted how important our type of services are. Um, So overnight, uh, we had about a dozen different uh, partners ultimately uh, seek us out to to use us as a resource hub, essentially, because we are literally in walking distance of the the families that we're serving. And in an area where using, let's say, public transit during a pandemic and a myriad of other uh, challenges as well, uh, our community centers ultimately became a very uh, valuable resource to to help get resources to to families. Is there potential silver linings in that now the network is going to be better prepared to serve, have more options available because of the lessons we've learned over the past 19 or 20 months? I certainly hope so. Also part of the silver lining was uh, a lot of the unnecessary red tape that has been part of um, a lot of different funding processes has temporarily disappeared uh, or has been reduced significantly. And so just even that adjustment um, has been uh, very important and valuable. Our current concern, however, um, is that there is you know, a concern with, with the funding population, donors, and things like that, kind of getting a sense that we're past the pandemic. And that is 
so far from the truth. As I've noticed earlier, or noted earlier, our food program, for example, is still operating at twice the capacity, and that is very difficult to sustain. And it's not the only area of our operations as well that's been exacerbated. On top of all of this is that there's obviously labor challenges in our community, and there's currently a before and after care crisis that is going on as well, uh, which we're directly involved with and, and part of. And so even though we had some temporary influxes of resources during the initial aspects of the pandemic, we're at an environment that is our demand of our services is through the roof. Um, and the, the resources to sustain that are still uncertain. Fortunately, I think there's been a lot of recognition of our types of services and service delivery um, as having a lot of value. And so I'm cautiously optimistic. And frankly, United Way has been a huge supporter of our work uh, as well and has been part of the effort to, to bolster our operations. Our Washington United conversation on 89.1 WEMU continues with Community Action Network Executive Director Derek Miller. And the sheer number of entities, Derek, that invest in and partner with Community Action Network is impressive. You have to scroll down quite a ways when you're on the website. Do you uh, seek out diversity in the partners you forge? Oh, absolutely. Um, in every area of our of our operations as well. So there's always the, the internal aspect. Uh, so we always uh, try to pursue and have for example, staff that reflect our service population, certainly in race and ethnicity, but also in other areas as well that representation, frankly, is incredibly important. And I will say that we've made some excellent headway um, in that particular area, but there's always so much more that could be done. And conversely, there's also a lot of things that are outward facing that, that can be done in terms of who to engage and how to engage them. For example, we actually have a lot of, uh, all, all of our six have what are called back-to-school barbecues where we're distributing backpacks and school supplies. We actually sourced a lot of our school supplies and backpacks from Black-owned companies um, and designers. And we actually, a lot of the groups that that came in and helped partner with us, there was actually a a person that brought in a variety of of plant life. And that was also a Black-owned company and and really putting our our money where, you know, our, our priorities are. When we talk about access, Derek, access to housing, uh, food, healthy foods, educational outcomes, and establishment of careers, the conversations can become overwhelming and, in some cases, almost paralyzing. How does the neighborhood approach that you utilize help overcome that? One way I would kind of frame it is that it's kind of like trying to drink out of a fire hose in that you're so immersed in the community, um, which, yes, obviously drinking from a fire hose is not very pleasant experience, but at the same time, it is incredibly valuable in terms of our ability to be impactful, and especially in a sustained way. And so, for example, I've been doing this work for over 13 years. I've known a lot of our families for over 13 years, and that longevity of of interaction, engagement, in, in seeing kids that like literally were in elementary school and are now in college, um, and being a part of that whole pathway is is such a huge element of, of why we're so impactful. And so much of the, of the work that we're doing and, and how we can be impactful is actually about relationships. And if you're not designing interventions and, and supports and things like that that are valuing and, and building upon those relationships, uh, they're going to have a very limited impact. And so much of our, the challenges for the families that we work with are what we would call as network poor. And obviously, relationships is a huge element to building out somebody's network. And so we actually help serve as a conduit for doing that. 
What we've learned over the decades is that no issue stands alone. We're unlikely to succeed in education if we're homeless or we're hungry. If we're born to poverty, the opportunity to overcome is more limited. We can't close achievement and inequity gaps if we don't treat the person and the community as a whole. So you've kind of touched on it, but what is the network's approach to integrating policy and procedure to accomplish that? Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, uh, we've actually been working with the city of Ann Arbor in terms of a resiliency project at our Northside Community Center. And this is partly designed to tackle both environmental sustainability, so we actually have fully offsetting utilities at that particular site, but also it has uh, batteries on site that actually allow us to be able to respond in a crisis and, and having those resources in place. Um, but more recently, we're actually working in one of the neighborhoods, our Bryant Community Center location, and actually designing a plan on what it would take to make that entire neighborhood not only carbon neutral, uh, but also improve the health and comfort within that particular community. And so one of the well-known facts is that climate change has a very high disproportionate effect on under-resourced families, um, and it's a primary driver of inequity issues um, in a lot of communities as well. And so with this particular plan, uh, we're trying to be highly intentional of getting ahead of it and really creating a a framework in which in the future for other under-resourced communities that we can have some type of clear-cut way in which not only can we improve our environmental sustainability, but all the while we're improving the the value of the the health of the homes um, and the value and, and to some degree wealth generation, you could even argue of an under-resourced community as well. Once again, this is WEMU, and our Washington United conversation with Derek Miller continues. He is executive director of Community Action Network. How can we, as individual members of our community, advance the cause? Everything counts is the bottom line. Somebody might think, like, oh, I don't know if this will have an impact. I guarantee you it absolutely will. Again, I mentioned earlier I've been doing this work for 13 years and even our organization, our supporters, stakeholders, everything, even funders, um, was very small at that, at that time, very mom-and-pop shop. But we believed in what our mission was. We had more and more people understand and, and really commit to, to what we're doing in very little ways. And you fast-forward 13 years, and these are just rock stars in terms of you know, bringing resources to the community, working with our families, uh, coming frequently, volunteering, and, and all those kinds of things. And so the bottom line that I've that's always been true is that just every little bit counts. Derek, I thank you for your time today and your insights. Much appreciated. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. That is Derek Miller, Executive Director of Community Action Network, and our guest on Washington All United. For more information on the network and its local impacts, visit our website at wemu.org. You'll find all the links you need. This weekly feature is produced in partnership with the United Way of Washington County, and you hear it every Monday. I'm David Fair, and this is 891 WEMU FM and WEMU HD1 Ypsilanti.